Welcome to Fishing Friday's radio podcast, where we go behind the scenes and uncover the tactics and strategies top fishermen are using to catch more fish, dominate tournaments, and how you can get those same results. Here is your host, Mike Grady. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Diggin' Fishing Fridays. I'm your host, Mike Grady, and I'm excited today. Today we have Derek Hudnall here. Derek is a Bassmaster Elite Series angler from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Derek is 38 years old and was born and raised in Baton Rouge. His wife, Anya, daughter Peyton, who's three, and Braxton, who's 15. He actually grew up in a fishing family, and he's been fishing competitively in Louisiana since he was 16 years old. His first Bassmaster Open was in 2016, and that's when Derek started fishing full-time. He has fished all the divisions of the Bassmaster Opens every year to increase his versatility and his chances to qualify for the Bassmaster Elite Series. He finished third overall in 2018, which qualified him for the 2019 Elite Series and the 2019 Bassmaster Classic. Welcome, Derek. Glad to be here. So, Derek, what are you up to today? Man, I've just got off the road. I uh, left Baton Rouge, Louisiana about 5 a.m. Central Time this morning and then uh, just arrived in Anderson, South Carolina at Lake Hartwell, which is our next Elite Series event in April. So I'm here to look around to um, um, to look around this place just before our cutoff. Uh, just to get familiar with it before we start practice here in April. And uh, also, I'll be heading from here to Knoxville to start practice for the Bassmaster Classic. Gotcha. So, you started fishing um, at the age of 16 full-time. But can you kind of talk to us about how did you actually get started fishing? Well, I grew up in a fishing family, as you introduced. Uh, my dad was uh, was very famous in Louisiana. He was he was one of the most one of the most successful tournament anglers in Louisiana, and uh, so I kind of grew up underneath underneath that. Um, so I was in a boat, you know, from the time I was able to walk. You know, I started fishing, of course, some tournaments with my dad when I was young, and then at that, that age sixteen, uh, that that's normally the age limit where you can start fishing as an amateur, as a co angler, in some FLW BFLs and stuff like that, and it just kind of blossomed from there. So. So, so I was kind of destined to have a rod and reel in my hand at some point in my adult life, one way or another. But, uh, but uh, man, I, uh, I just took it and ran with it. But I was fortunate enough to be raised in a house where it was a part of the everyday life. It was part of our soul. It was part of our dinner and breakfast and lunch every day. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to do that. And I was fortunate enough to have a really good teacher as well. Well, it sounds to me like you started fishing competitively. One, it's in your genes. Two, it's in your family. But uh, are you competitive in any other sports other than fishing? You know, not you know, not as of right now. But of course, I did the baseball and football thing, and and, and my fifteen year old son Braxton is uh, really big into baseball. So uh, you know, you know, the competitive mindset is definitely in the genes. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, hey, why not fish it? You know, why not fish competitively and get paid to do it? Yeah, man. So let's talk about your competitive fishing. What's the biggest problem you have found in competing at the level that you're at? You know, yeah, I, I guess the biggest, I, I wouldn't even call it a problem, but, you know, um, as with most competitive people in general, 
um, you know, it's dealing with you can't win them all. You know, it, it has, um, you know, it, you just can't win them. You can't win them all. And, and I'm very hard on myself, just like any competitive person. Um, and it's just the fact that you can't win them all because typically we aren't happy unless we win, um, just like anything else. But, but I guess if you found the biggest problem, I guess overall, you know, would be the travel, you know, with the Bassmaster Elite Series, it's, you know, we don't get many days off. We don't get very long periods of time at home, but being away from my biggest support staff and my family is tough, but you know, they do get to travel. You know, they came to the first Elite Series tournament in Palatka, Florida. Of course, they'll be there in Groves and Knoxville, Tennessee. I, I, I think my family's booked half of downtown Knoxville for that thing. But, uh, but that's probably the toughest part is being away from the family. Right. Mm-hmm. And not only the, the fishing, you know, in the tournaments, then the practice, but uh, do you have a lot of uh, sponsor commitments? I do. I do. And, and actually, uh, man, I'll, I'll, you know, I've, I've gained a pretty good social media following. Uh, I, I do a series of Facebook lives called Build Your Brand, um, where I help up and coming and young anglers build the business side of, of their brand. And the reason I said that is because my number one rule is, uh, is to never call them sponsors, to call them partners. And, uh, so yes, I have, I have a very, very good partnership team, um, with a lot of commitments there. I have to work shows and, um, I have to do interviews and then, so yes, and, and, and actually a couple of my biggest partners are, or one is, is, you know, I'm so fortunate to be able to represent my state and the state of Louisiana. If you guys there, you know, if anybody sees me on social media or down the road or at a tournament, you'll see Louisiana feed your soul all over my boat and truck. And, uh, I get the privilege of, of going out representing the great state that I live in. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's more than, I hate to call them commitment because it's more of just a part of who I am and a part of who I do or, or part of who I am and a part of what I do. And, uh, and it's just a part of trying to be the best ambassador for the brand that I can be. Nice. Fantastic. So you've been doing this a long time. What have you learned that's helped you succeed at such a high level? Well, um, you know, it, it, it's kind of unlike baseball and I, and I, I'm very involved with, with a lot of the youth, youth fishing organizations, and I tell them the same thing. You know, this is a sport where, you know, let's just take baseball, for instance. You know, you can't teach somebody to hit a 95-mile-an-hour fastball. That's just not something that can be taught necessarily. It's something that you have to have. Um, it's something, you know, hand-eye coordination. It's just something that kind of has to be in your DNA. Well, fishing doesn't necessarily work that way. You know, fishing is more of, and I say this a lot, is, you know, the guys, your top-level pro tour guys, Elite Series, FLW, um, even MLF now, you know, a lot of what makes these guys so good is their ability to fish instinctively. And and what I mean by fish instinctively, it's the ability to go on nothing and find and catch fish and compete to win. Um, because a lot of what you see that goes on, especially in the elite series of event that's four day, could be four days long. Um, you know, those guys don't know what they're doing from day to day. You know, we only get two and a half days worth of practice. And I can promise you that's not enough time to say, hey, four days are coming up. I'm going to do this day one, this day two, this day three, and this day four. You know, you're lucky if you get that for one, maybe two days. But after that, you're fishing new water. And a lot of these guys have the ability 
to trust their instincts, trust their guts and go with what they, you know, go with what they think is going to work. And it works for them more times than not. So, you know, the biggest thing would be fishing instinctively and trusting your gut. And, and, and that can be also one of the hardest things to do as a professional anger to get to get to this level because we just don't have a whole lot of time to figure it out. Do you find you're one of those instinctive uh, fishermen, or do you actually put together put together a plan for a specific bottle body of water? Well, you know, instinctively, yes. Um, you know, I found especially in the last couple of years of my career getting here, you know, I found in tournaments that I had to fish more instinctively because as as professional fishermen or as as any anybody out there listening that fishes tournaments and you spend two or three or four days scouting a body of water and you find, okay, I can do well by doing this, but, you know, half the day goes by and what you're doing isn't working. That's one of the hardest things to do as a tournament fisherman is to stop and do something different. I've got to go find something else. I've got to run new water. I've got to, you know, a lot of people, hey, I've been catching them on a worm in 15 foot of water on these points and three or four hours goes by and they still haven't got a bite, but they don't change. They keep doing it and they keep doing it and they keep doing it. So when I say fishing instinctively, it means when something's not working, you've got to be able to leave what you're doing to go find something else, to do something different. Um, so yeah, that's, you know, I do consider myself an instinctive fisherman because I think you really have to be to get to this level. And, and even through, I had a good year last year in the opens and finishing third in points, you know, out of the, the four events in the centrals, I can tell you three of them, I had to fish instinctively. I had to run new waters during the events because something didn't go right or something didn't go as I planned in order to find new fish and still compete. You know, in fishing instinctively like that, when you're going along and you kind of got to, you know, you're working your your plan you got in the morning, how long will you sit? Do you actually, you know, watch the clock and then uh, you get to half hour, hour, hour and a half, and nothing's happened, and you're like, okay, it's time to make a change? Or are you more of a kind of just a feel kind of thing? It is. It is absolutely a feel kind of thing. It's, you know, at some point, you know, when your gut starts telling you, I need to move, I need to move, I need to go, I need to try something different, I need to go somewhere else, that's when you need to make that move. There's no doubt. I mean, unless, of course, you're fishing a shad spawn or something like that, that's just the first hour of daylight or spotted bass in the summertime where really that first 30 minutes is so key um, before you abandon something. Uh, man, it is all about feel. And, and you know, that, that, that's kind of to my point about fishing instinctively is, you know, you have to trust your own instincts. And when your gut is telling you this is not working, you got to move, you got to change, and you got to trust it. That instinct, do you suppose that's something that uh, you've always had, or have you learned that over the last 20 years? You know, I, I have absolutely learned that, um, man, not even that long ago. You know, really, my first, you know, 2016, 2017, I had good, I had good events. I had not so good events. And I knew then that I had to start, I had to start changing the way I fished. I had to start. You know, because I have a tendency, and a lot as a lot of anglers, you have a tendency to grind. You know, hey, I found fish in this pocket, so they sit there and they just fish it as slow as they can, as methodically as they can, and trying to. And eventually, you just feel like you're chasing a ghost. But a couple of years ago, I, you know, I started telling myself I've got to start learning to fish 
more instinctively. I've got to start moving when I know something's not working. I have to start listening to my gut. And, uh, and so really the last couple of years, I started making myself do that. And it's just amazing how almost every event when I've made myself try to run new stuff, if plan A doesn't work, um, that I've been successful running just instinctively or what a lot of people like to call junk fishing, just anything you can do to try to get a bite or to try to find a new pattern because the last thing you want to be doing is trying to figure out a pattern that's not there on game day. Um, so, it, so to answer your question, yes, it's something I had to change myself as an angler, especially in the last couple of years because fishing the Bassmaster Opens, you know, you have 200 other professionals there trying to qualify for the Bassmaster Elite Series, which is the same thing that you're doing. And, uh, and, and you can't have a bad event. In order to finish in the top five at the end of the year, you absolutely cannot have a bad event. You have to have four solid, very good events to be there at the end. So, you know, I, you know, I, I would think it'd be extremely difficult for somebody to not fish that way and to make the Bassmaster Elite Series much less survive doing it. What do you think is the most important thing you've learned since you started competing at that level? You know, uh, exactly what I just said. You know, I don't think there's any doubt that the number one thing that I changed and became better at as an angler in the last couple of years was the ability to fish instinctively, the ability to not have anxiety to say, I've got to leave what I found during practice and I've got to go do something different. And I, like I said before, that is extremely tough to do because in your mind, okay, I was doing so well in practice, flipping a jig and lay down, but that disappeared. And it's really hard to get away from that. Okay. I got to get out here and start throwing a jerk bait on docks. You know, I've got to get out here deeper with a swim bait or just something different. But that, you know, without a doubt is the number one thing that I'd say that was the most important change. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Well, lastly, as we come to the end of our interview, I always ask these two questions. So if you're ready, what is your most successful fishing secret? <laughs> most successful fishing secret? Um, <laughs> fishing your strengths. And I know that may sound like a convoluted answer, but it re- but it's really not because there are times where you know, can I, if I can give you a quick example, Lake Lanier, where we just came from, the first two days of practice, I had three bites in two days total. And I was fishing out deep, clear water, but I'm a shallow water guy. I don't mind, I can catch them out deep, but I'm a shallow water guy. That's just, so the last half day of practice, I got up shallow where the fish were not supposed to be, and that's, that's, and that's where I found them. So when I say your biggest, your biggest, you know, my biggest fishing secret is if nothing else is working, fish your strengths. Go back to what you know. That's right. All right. All right. So question number two, what's your most successful or your favorite lure or bait? Um, that's easy. Uh, missile bait D-bomb. Um, that is something, that little missile bait D-bomb has probably put more money in my pocket than any other singular lure in my arsenal. You know, I am a missile bait pro staff guy now, but before you know, I, I got connected with John Cruz, and him and I are good friends now. But there was a couple of years before we even got connected that I was wanting a lot of money on his bait, and he saw it and came after me. Um, but that's just one of those. That is a confidence thing for me. I know that if I if I swim that thing by one, he's going to eat it, 
But that missile-based D-bomb is absolutely a fish-catching machine. That's amazing. Well, I'd like to thank you for being on our show. But before you go, this is professional fishing, and we all got to pay some bills. So do you have anything you want to promote? And if so, tell our listeners what it is and how they can get it. Well, hey, man, there's a whole host of things. But, guys, if you ever want a trip, take a trip to Louisiana, a Toledo Bend, which, of course, is world famous. Uh, make sure you check out Louisiana State Parks, North Toledo Bend State Park, South Toledo Bend State Park. They're fully equipped with cabins, everything you'll ever need. Uh, but feel free to reach out if I can help you guys in any way possible. What's your number, Derek? My number is 225-763-1001. Fantastic. Derek, thanks for all the great information. I want to really thank you for being on our show. Hey, man, my pleasure. Anytime. Derek, good luck in the Elite Series this year. Thank you, sir. Thanks for listening to Fishing Friday's radio podcast. If you'd like to be notified anytime we release a new episode, just hit subscribe and like this episode. Or you can subscribe over at fishingfridaysradio.com. In addition to that, we would love to send you a free gift. You can find that free gift at giveaway.diganchors.com. Thanks again for listening.